Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome to the nation, that's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with my co-host, live and direct from Florida, Miss Leanne Whippen. Camaro Dave and Commander Chris are in, floating around the studios here. If you can actually see behind us on this video, you can see seven studios. That's like one of those movies where they have the mirrors, you know, and you yeah. don't know who's who. Yeah, yeah like, it's yeah. kind of cool, actually. Yeah, and our guest today is Will Homer, COO from Painted Hills Natural Beef. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef for making this happen. You can check them out online at PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. And we have a guest in the studio, but we don't get to take pictures of Dave. He's on Man, the other. He's yeah. on the other side. No, you can't see him. That's like right. You side out. So, um, what's going on in the beef world? I don't know. It's just kind of it's moving. I along. do. What do you know? It just keeps going up and up. Well, and up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's off, boy. I'll tell you from the wholesale side, the beef the beef price is off. In fact, I was talking to Dan on the way down here. You know, we're talking about ribeyes and of course they're talking about the main driver ribeye ribeye drove us through 2020 and 2021 and i i, I set up the pricing for june 1st and it's three dollars cheaper than it was last year on the wholesale well, I'm side excited for june and so let's hope the somebody scares you know some scares shares somebody shares uh, that number with you i think i heard noise that the retailers beginning to think about uh, letting some of that come back out and push for more. I think the, I think the retailers afraid to commit to anything big right now because they're, um, you know, they've been shorted for two years. So right. I know oh, that I okay. So they have the right to take that money back from well, us. Yeah, consumers, they, they, they sort of. Yeah, yeah, in a way because they're funny. They're they're funny. They're um, oh yeah, they're I a laugh I, a minute. I, I, I was going to say about, not really. Well, I, I think I told this story. I've told the story to myself. I know over, but that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> but we have a small fuel jobber where we buy uh, two or three semi loads of fuel a week, and we know how much the fuel costs the day before it comes, and we start to charge based on that the day before it comes. You know, to pay for that next tank of fuel. Oh, in sure. to, in 2020, I watched the retailer stay with their stay the course just as normal as the as the wholesale price for beef raised that it grew for 10 weeks straight and it wasn't until the eighth week before the retailer looked at their bottom line and said hey is the price of beef gonna go up <laughs> and so they were already behind so today i'm looking at the price of beef and i and and i was shocked to see that you know, two, three dollars cheaper this year than last year as we go into summer grilling season. And yet the retail, I'm told the retailer price is still the same. And and so you're talking about, I assume you're talking about even the wholesale price, Leanne, right? Because you're a wholesale buyer, right? Yeah, and, I'm, I'm thinking so. I mean, it, it should, 
it sh- they should be raising or charging the consumer, the wholesaler, basically uh, whatever it is, their upcharge uh, based on the price that they're charged, not based up on making up lost ground. Some. Yes. Yeah, you're you're right. And some I would say some probably keep their finger on the pulse closer than others. So I used to go into Costco and you go into Costco and go in the back wall and you see the 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 there's some boards on the wall in the back there where they sell a box of strip loins, a box of tri-tips, a box of probably a box of briskets, a box of pork loins, They the, the popular items. You look mm-hmm. at that on the wall and you'll see um, pretty close to the wholesale price there, but between their purchasing power and their, they run in a, I I'm going to guess in an 18 to 20, I think, you know, some stores run in a 30, 40% gross right. margin. Some run in a 12% gross margin. I think Costco runs in the 18, 18s or somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And, and so that gives you a real good idea what the price of the commodity is. And sure. so that 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 I think they're kind of, they'll kind of give you a feel for what's really going on in the market. I think the littler guys are on the farther end of the whip, you know, and and they they really price beef. And I've said this before here is is they price beef based on the 1099, 1199, 2299, 3399 model. You know, what is it? How do I pay the bill and get a retail that'll still move the product and and psychologically there's still this 99 cent thing so you know 1099 moves x number of pounds and 1899 moves x is it possible that they have a lot of frozen product that they paid a higher price for that they need to get through also which is why they continue with the higher price no probably not probably not probably not probably just curious yeah probably not I don't see a no, grocers don't mess with frozen. They, they, they don't want it to show up. The, they want the ad item show up the day it's on ad. They don't have storage mm-hmm. space anymore. Than anybody else does. So they don't want anything stored and they don't want it be stored. Um, and then in history in the past, you know, frozen, uh, if not handled correctly, you can have purge problems and packaging mm-hmm. problems and all these other things. And, the and a and a retailer. If I was a retail guy, I would want to take all the uh, opportunity for error out of the system. I want it to come as trimmed and as high quality as possible, and show up to my guy that I'm going to hire there to to turn it into steaks, and and he's going to turn it into or she is going to turn it into steaks, mm-hmm. and they're going to get it in the counter as quick and effective efficiently as possible. A lot of big stores, big stores, are getting that out of the back room and getting that to a central location. And if they're doing a good job, they're presenting it to you in a package that looks like the guy did. It looks like he was there at 4 a.m. doing his job as he right. has in the 50s and the 70s and the 80s, and the, <coughs> mm-hmm. you know. But a lot of them are turning it into the opportunity to do it in a, a centralized location, comes in overnight. It sits in a bag in the back without any oxygen in it so they can open the box to this morning, these two boxes, and tomorrow morning, those two boxes, and the next morning, those two boxes, and the fourth day, the next truck comes. And mm-hmm. and that's the kind of world we're headed to, to make things simpler and labor, cut labor, and, and all those kinds I of I think that's what Walmart does. Yeah. Because yeah. if you go, now I, I can only speak to the one in the town where I live, but <clears throat> they don't have a meat cutting room in the back. Yeah. They've got... um 
cold storage. Yeah. And they can come and they can break them out of those boxes. And I think they have the the cellophane wrapper in the little trays, mm -hmm. you know, yep. like that. And they, they break them out. They put them in that. So it looks yep. just like what you're describing. Sure. Brand new, fresh, boom, there yep. it is. Yep. But they do not have a meat cutter in the back there. Yep. They couldn't. Yep. They go through too much. Oh, I mean, yeah. You'd have to have an army of people oh, back yeah. there. And think about the efficiency. Well, right. They could. I, I knew a store. Oh, I know a store. I, I worked with a store in Roseburg one time that had 18 meat cutters. And it was a store that's built a lot like a, I was, thought I was in a Costco, but it wasn't. But boy, I'll tell you, it was a quite a meat department. And they had 18 people going, wham, 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 wham. So think hmm. about the efficiency of taking 10 of those Walmarts you just talked about and, and taking that all to one central location, cutting all those steaks at once and distributing out these smaller boxes that can be opened and shelved in a timely and efficient manner. It's got the efficiency's just got to be crazy. Well, in a deal like that, they would also do the, the tray and wrapping. Yep. In, in, you in know, one location. Because then, Walmart does it, you know, they go out and they, <clears throat> you don't find a sticker on your, on your two ribeyes in a pack. Right. It just says on the on the shelf it says twelve ninety five a pound. Uh -huh. And it's a flat rate price. Yeah. You right. know, like that. And so th these two ribeyes are uh twenty one twenty five. Right. Or what whatever the price right. is sure. doesn't matter. But right. that's the way they do it. Yep. So there's no questions and you can't say, well this doesn't weigh two pounds right. or any goofy stuff right. like that. It's just their this is what you buy. You know, when you're talking chicken with those guys, you go and you buy a, you know, 14 or 18 drumsticks, yep. whatever yep. are in those packages. Yeah, it's called by the pound. And it's eleven ninety five. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. And they're all the same. Yep. So there's no, you know, having to weigh it or anything like that. It's all And the that's same. done in one central location. Yeah. They can do that in one place. And and so in my world, I've, I've thought about trying to do those things. I just don't have a big enough scale to not scale physically, but uh, enough product movement to right. create that central location and that, and then to have everybody have the same sticker and the same barcode and the same price and the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is more well, scale. I could see that if you're a major player like Costco or Walmart. Yeah. Um, I don't even think you could do that with Safeways or Kroger's just because of the way they're, they're located. Yeah, you can do them. I ran into a store group and, in Cleveland one time, I think they had seven locations. And now I think, I think they've got a few more, but they were doing that before it was cool. And they were cutting steaks at night and uh, doing everything. At, and, and the trucks went out at 4 a.m. And the store ordered by the piece and they ordered, they also, so let's say strip loins were on sale at the store. So they would order a milk cart, milk crate uh, full of these pieces and, uh, you know, 35 pieces of, strip of New York steaks for the, and then they'd also order a single piece and throw it on top. And then so that way, the butcher that was behind the case, he could set the case. And then when Jeff walked in and he said, gosh, I need some steaks. I love them. They're on sale, but I need some two inch thick ones for tonight. I have some special guests coming. They go, ah, I help you right out. I'll be right out. And so they could still cut the custom ones, yeah. but get most of the hard labor done in a centralized location. It was great. It was a great design. I was just, I, I know others that are trying to figure out how to do the same thing. And it's a, it's a tough design too. Well, I can tell you, there's nothing happier than 18 meat cutters in the back. I can tell, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> been around a few of them and uh, <clears throat> they'll tell you all about. Stuff. Oh man. Oh man. They, they've always got something to say. Yep.
Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of that, we're going to take a break here on the Great Steak Cookout. No, it's actually Barbecue Nation, but Leanne, Will, and I will be back right after this. Don't go away. Everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to uh, Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Miss Leanne Whippen from beautiful Florida today. And Will Homer from right here to my left, actually, from Beautiful Fossil. <laughs> if you have a question or a comment or you want to look at stuff, just go to barbecuenationjt.com. Uh, you can also communicate with us there. There's a little icon you can fill out questionnaire. And if they're good questions, I keep them. If they're bad, I send them to Leanne. So anyway. And then I send them back to you. You send them back to me. That's what she does. That's, that's all true. Uh, we're talking with Will Homer, the COO of Painted Hills Natural Beef Wilt is on the show several times a year because I think it's so important to follow from your perspective also. Uh, people go to the store, just like we were talking about in the first segment, they look at their steaks and they go, oh my God, it's $3 a pound more this week than it was last week or whatever the situation is. And uh, our friends in legacy media always seem to point to you guys, uh, the producers and ranchers and stuff. And um that's not really fair in my book because you've got it there's a lot of people involved from you guys getting from the field to the feedlot to the processing plant to the distributor to the store you've got a number of layers there and i don't think as many times as we've talked about it i don't think everybody quite understands that i'm not sure if you understand it but anyway <laughs> are you gonna get me to dive into that i am I'm going to start at the ground level because Dan's here today and That's we're okay. going to talk about cows and calves and, and the fact that it's a commodity. And so the best thing, the, the most important thing to know about a commodity and, a, and the producer of a commodity is they're their worst enemy and they're always the best at flooding their own or destroying their own market. And, and a cattleman is no different than any other price taker. And so they're always subject to taking the price at hand. And, um, which is a bad thing, you know, you'd like yeah. to be able to set your own price or have an idea what your cost is and set the price. But, but, um, when, when the rubber hits the road, some guys have costs that let's just say, uh, I'm going to sell a 500 pound calf at the end of my production and my break even is a dollar 50 a pound and somebody else's is a dollar 20 a pound and somebody else's is a dollar 90 a pound. And they don't get the opportunity to go out and say, yeah, this is what I got into it. This is what I get out of it. It's just a matter of what your environment has allowed you or how well you've done at growing calves that year or, or how many there are. And so we've gone through a couple of years here where there's been plenty. We came out of the, the drought year of, uh, what, 12 and 13 in the Midwest, had a huge effect on the supply of cattle, and, and it created a run-up in price. And 
and cattlemen on the ground had a had a return in their pocket because there were fewer numbers. And in 14 and 15, that return uh, came to them and they uh, they both grew more cattle as a return and they improved their cattle as a, which was a good, great thing by the way but uh and now we're going through 16 17 18 19 trying to flush all those extra cattle out of the system that they actually grew because the weather was good and they had made some money in the past right. and so now we're we're starting to clear that up and we're clearing all that up in the face of we we we're kind of clearing that we kind of got those extra cattle in the face of covid which slowed the system down right slowed the plants down slowed the harvest down slowed the supply of beef down to a consumer who got hungry for beef which created a wreck of its own and now we're about to clear that that extra supply of cattle oh we still still coming it's still coming and the price is depressed while that supply is there and someday that supply will go away and the price will be fat dumb and happy and the cowboy will be back in it again and that's just the cycle and the cycle we've seen since the beginning of the whole thing. And, um, and that's, that's the cattleman side. It's just a commodity. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about the wheat and the wheat fields we drove down here through, you know, or, or corn in the Midwest, all the commodities are the same. It, it, the best way to ruin a cattleman's high price or a corn grower's high price is high prices. And they'll just, they'll go out and they'll go out and mess uh-huh. it up. So, so yeah. And then from there, you know, we grew this business 25 years ago in hunting for that middleman. We're going to get the middleman. Right. And, and you know, there's alligators, there's people in this business who get a few extra cents here and there. We're talking about pennies, but there's still alligators because there's lots of pounds and it's pennies per pound. But if you keep your, keep your head nose down and you keep track of them, we really haven't found the, the wolf right? The wolf that's getting away with all of it. We just, we just kind of have to pay all those pennies to get where you need to go. And, and it's, it's a crazy gig. It's a crazy system. And, um, and I'm always going to do this, Leanne, I hate to do this to you, but I'm always going to say our bar, our, out of all the things we budget in our pocketbook, food is the last thing that you should worry about your price. It's the first thing we, it's the second thing we probably complain about. Fuel's probably the first one mm-hmm. and food's probably the second one. And yet food, your food budget prior to the, now prior to this run up in inflation, mm-hmm. I heard some people say food is just a rounding error in some people's budget. So that it's pretty small. It was, it got down to about 6% of your, of your budget. So, so now if it's a 12% increased, 12% of 6% is an, is another percent is uh, mm-hmm. what? 9%. We're up to almost 10. It was up. It was 17, 15 years ago. Right. So, so food is still not worthy of the, the issue. It's still not. I'm going to always, I'm just, that's going to be. And my. I'm going to completely disagree with you. <laughs> well, well, let me, let me interject something here before we have a food fight. Up with the internet. <laughs> Our, our brilliant government, yes. when they calculated inflation over the past 40 years, yeah. they did not include food or fuel. Yes, Those, that's right. That was not in, the, true. not in the metrics to do that. That's true. And the reason they got away with it is because we always kept it fairly low. Yeah. Food was cheap in the in the continental North America, really. Uh-huh. But, um, I mean, in Canada, they, they pay you to take it. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, it, it's fairly cheap. Once you get out of that comfort zone that you were just talking about 
And all of a sudden, inflation really hits people because it's starting to cost more. Yeah, your fuel, number one thing, is costing more. Going a loaf of bread is, you know, buck 99, 250, somewhere in there. And all of a sudden now it's uh, three for 10. Other things that we're paying tariffs and taxes on, all that kind of hit in a perfect storm. Yeah. And so now it's kind of open people's eyes. But for years, like you were saying, it was a rounding yeah. configuration in people's budgets. Yeah. Only to a certain degree. And once it got to a certain percentage point, of their actual budget. Yeah. Then they woke up and yeah. said, uh, no, this is bad. Yeah. This, this is, this is bad. We got to do something about this and we got to do something about this too. Cause we're going to take a break. And so these mm -hmm. two can throw stuff at each other, <laughs> uh, 3000 miles apart. But <laughs> Leanne and I and Will Homer from Painter Dills natural beef. will be right back. Yeah. Don't go away. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to uh, Barbecue Nation here on the USA Radio Networks. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen, and we're talking with Will Homer today. Um, the guy with the real booming voice, you should have been around about 40 years ago in radio. Cause that's when we used to call it the voice of God. Oh, really? That's what we did. And, and if you didn't have a voice of God, you couldn't work on a rock station. Oh, I okay. love those. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we'd like to thank Painted Hills natural beef for helping make this show possible. And also David Malik and his crew back at Gunter Wilhelm knives <clears throat> back there. You can find them online too at GunterWilhelmKnives.com. And after Leanne gets back from her little Fourier over across the pond and David gets back uh, from, I don't know where that he's going, but um, Dave will be talking to David Malik a little later bit, later bit this summer. That's a, a new word. Bit. Is that, that? a later yeah. bit? I like Sounds that. Sounds like something I'd make mm -hmm. up. Sort of. <laughs> <Kinda>. <laughs> Um, you know, we've talked before, Will, about your planning. Um, you have to kind of put on the wizard's hat and say, okay, and uh, we're going to buy this many calves. We're going to raise this many calves. And that's all for fall and spring and this and that. Um, that's kind of an amazing thing to do. And if you're wrong, you're really wrong. That's where I am today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know how wrong I am. I don't know. But we'll see. Well, you, I mean, to me, in one form or fashion, you really can't be that wrong because there's always markets for food. Yeah, somewhat. But we are actually walking into a season, right? As we talk about uh, the cattlemen, cattlemen and where they're at right now, the calf price and the and the, the steer price is okay. The Fed's steer price is okay. The calf price is pretty soft. But right now... The whole industry still has plenty of cattle on those reports. And there, and we talked about in the past the USDA reporting and how in-depth those are. And we have record levels of cattle on feed for both April and May right now on those reports. And so that tells all these people that are both in the industry and the speculators on the futures market that it's that the price will go down, that down. things are going to go mm -hmm. down because there's plenty of cattle. Well, what happens if I walk into this season and I've overestimated my number of cattle and I got extras? You're right. I got a commodity. I can turn right around and sell them at a, a loss. But first loss is your best loss. 
I could sell them at a loss and get them out of the way and just move on. But the packing house is full. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. So not until all these cattle get flushed out of the system, then does that come out? And it'll be, they'll be cheap. I mean, I could, I could put my cattle in front of your cattle if I give away enough dollars, right? Right. So you could just make them cheaper, 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 get them gone. And then pretty soon you'll be out of cattle and then you can ask more. I ask more because you don't have enough. I can ask more. And that's just the supply and demand nature of the world, right? And so, uh-huh. um, yeah, this year I I projected a lot of cattle. I projected a big, you know, we just came out of 20 and 21 and it was easy money. Um, it was easy sales. It was, if you just had it, it was easy. And now it's not so easy. And so I've got some retailers that I, I, I'm the one to point fingers, but they said, hey, how come I can't get enough? Well, by golly, they can get enough now. They better come get it, yeah. you know? So, uh-huh. um, oh, well. <clears throat> can't the government help you <laughs> i read the oh dumbest thing <laughs> you really want we wouldn't need to go back to leanne's questions but i gotta tell this <laughs> one dumb thing i read a thing in the capital press the other day it says the government's going to give wheat farmers more money to grow more wheat because of the wheat shortage of the ukraine and all this horse bucky now in the world today they do they give farmers money to do less they give farmers money to grow yeah, less, set aside, CRP, yeah. set-asides, all those things. But to give them more money to do more, that is like the total opposite of anything I've grown up. It was the I read the headline three times because I'm like, it can't be that stupid. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you what, if anybody ever actually figures out the theory and the practice of parity pricing on milk products, oh, you geez. let me know because <laughs> I, I can't figure that out and I've been looking mm-hmm. at that crap for years. Oh, so, okay, Leanne, back to you. Yeah. Will's tired of my questions. Yeah, his are just go the wrong way. So What? What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 like, I had a statement. I didn't have a question. Oh, I, I was, like talking about, I like talking about <laughs> industry things that you're involved in. So you were... You are, what are you? Do you currently do cater work and do you have a physical well, I, facility? Well, I was, um, I, I've taken a step out of the restaurant world. So you know, that's what yeah. I was into. And yeah, and it's, it seems like it was the right decision at the time. And I don't see things changing very much. I mean, there are so many things on menus changing to market price. I mean, it isn't just market price for, you know, the fish of the day. It's now meat. Uh, now, next, we're going to get burger market. Price. Yeah. yeah. But um, green salad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's it's just really scary right now. Um, but it is enlightening knowing that uh, you do see the prospect of, beef coming down and i hope that isn't just for beef i hope it's true for the little chickens too and you know everyone else i don't know well on the other side of that aspect i mean all the costs we have involved behind that the freight and all those things those things might just eat us right up from behind and i've kind of been worried about that too is is that the those inflationary costs right maybe just zooming right up behind us i don't know that we'll ever see it come down because of that because it's it's everything's eating at you I don't, I don't think this just my two cents worth. I don't think any of that will come down for a while until people derive, um, a level of comfort that the inmates aren't running the asylum and I'm being a smart ass. That's my job. But I'm just saying that because Mm -hmm. people, if you look at, polls and i'm 
little notes to this audience here. I'm a, I'm a political guy, but I don't get involved in it. I mean, I just read it, watch it, yeah. look at the numbers and all yeah. that stuff. <clears throat> People are very unsettled yeah. about things. You've got, um, you've got inflation, you've got um, su- supply chain issues, you've got fuel prices, you've got all of this stuff. I mean, there was absolutely no reason that there was a shortage of baby formula yeah. in this country. We manufacture that. Yeah, but they shut that one plant down. They did, but they didn't say, you do these six things and we'll let you come back up. Yeah. You know, but it's all hand to mouth because there's no margin in anything, right? That's right. The, the reality is we're all hand to mouth and everything because the margins are cut so slim so that we, so that we cut, we just, we're going to go full circle here, just like we always do, but right back to the Walmart thing. They're going to cut all them steaks for all 27 of those locations in one place because they're going to cut the margin down to paper thin so that they can make it all work. So right. then when they shut that one place down because somebody cut their thumb off mm-hmm. in the machine or something, all 27 will be without beef again for a whole different reason. It's it's just all mm-hmm. so hand to mouth. It's just so tight hand to mouth. And I know as a society, we want to be able to run out and just, let's just start a baby formula plant in our garage and we'll just sell to our local little people. But the the government, right? You got to be able to afford the USDA or FDA uh, all inspection stuff, and yeah. all those things in the background. But then also the cost, it's going to cost a hell of a lot more money than just a few cents on something else. It's going to cost and you're going to have to just deep, reach deep in your pocketbook and say, you know what? I'm going to go with this guy or gal or whoever's in charge because I like what they do. I don't care what the, I don't care. It's three times more, but right. it doesn't, it doesn't, it does We just don't work that way. Just no, work that way. no. Well, mm-hmm. the one thing um, which I think is is wonderful, and uh, you know, I've fairly well traveled and all that. We have so much discretionary income mm-hmm. in this country. Mm-hmm. We do. Mm-hmm. We're a, we're a viable, you know, prosperous, all that stuff. But we we are told by Madison Avenue and K Street in D.C. and all these places that. Leanne, you have to have this. You have to have this new. It's like saying you've got to buy an electric car mm-hmm. for $60,000. And you should get two of them while you're at it. You know, that type of thing. But yet telling you that and you might actually be interested in that, except our the infrastructure and the grid system and all this stuff isn't there to support it. Right. So that adds more to those costs. But we've had very lucrative uh, things for people, even at the lowest income levels, as far as discretionary income, you know, but when you don't stop and think about it and say, you know, I make, I make $25,000 a year, but I also have a $1,400 cell phone. You know, it's like, what? okay, you got to think about this because maybe down the road might get a little expensive to go to the McDonald's drive-thru every day. You know, you go to McDonald's and order lunch for under 10 bucks and I'll buy it for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Type thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all, we've been kind of spoiled Yeah. in that respect. Mm. I, I I mean, I freely, oh, yeah. you know, like that. Maybe it's time we kind of appreciate things we've got a little more, the abundancy of things we've got a little more, beef, agriculture, this and that, the products that we do utilize a lot. But I, I just think part of it's, personal too we have our own 
responsibilities as individuals to manage things a little more, you know? Yeah. And of course we're doing better at my house because my kid moved out. <laughs> <laughs> Mine came home. Yeah. My God, I got our kid anywhere. <laughs> that's why, that's why I brought you oh, food boy. today. <laughs> That's a true. Oh my goodness! True story, um, but I, I, you know, it's all personal decisions, and we're talking about <clears throat> a macro level of what we're talking about. But there's also micro level things that people have to to take into consideration, and a lot of times we go on these big long sprints of time that uh, we don't have to think about it. And then all of a sudden it's here and we should be thinking about it. And we go, I wonder what yet happened. Yeah. You know? And I'm as right. guilty as that as, as anybody else. But um, when we come back uh, and Will is going to stick around for after hours, <clears throat> that'll be good. Because uh -huh. I've got new questions for him. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I got, yeah. You got questions for me? No. No. Uh, no. Anyway, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be um, back, uh, Leanne and I and Will Homer right here on Barbecue Nation on the USA Radio Networks, among assorted other things. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to uh, Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and we, uh, along with Leanne Whippen and Will Homer today from Painted Hills Natural Beef. We really appreciate you listening today uh, to all of our gibberish. Oh, my uh, goodness. It's, it's, <laughs> it's all good. All right, Kreskin. Uh, <laughs> Don't look up. You look at her. No, I, <laughs> what? Um, tell us what's going to happen this Christmas. <laughs> I told you I was going to cough. You love, you love me, don't you? I do. Oh, my goodness. Uh, prime, rib, prime rib's going to be on sale. Well, yeah, it is. We got 900 <laughs> cases in the freezer. <laughs> Did you bring me one? No. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. We what? Where are we? You know, they're all using the recession topic. And are the, are we are we at the first step of the stairs going down? Are we halfway down this tumble? Or are we at the bottom? Where where are we? I I don't think anybody knows. Nobody knows. And so as we talk about discretionary income and such, and I have a high priced high I have a high value, but I have a high priced product, and it's a commodity. Mm -hmm. Even though I it's different, and I do things different, and I believe it's worth more and such. At the same time, I still live in that environment. Right. And so how many head of cattle will I need to cover my needs on September 15th? I don't know. How many head of cattle will I need in November 15th? I don't know. I have a guess. I have a good guess. Uh, four months ago, I had a different guess than I have today. Yeah. But I already have all those cattle on feed. So I better figure out a way to get them gone. And, 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 it, and all it takes is a price to do that. Will the price pay the bills? Is that do I do uh, do I dare talk about the sustainability question and say, well, yeah, I can get them gone for hundred dollars a head less than what I got into them, or two or three. That what make, <clears throat> that makes you pretty popular that with makes, your members. That make yeah, mm. exactly. That'll make things nice as we go to Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'll fix a recession in our pocket. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. 
it depends on which step of that ladder we're on or that that staircase or whatever or well (laughs) i think i think financially i think we're pretty we are resilient and you know look the last seven years the markets have done really well overall yeah overall and um a lot of people if they had something it's 401k or even a savings account whatever that's done okay for them yeah i think and if and with the markets they're going to make adjustments and so i had a guy tell me a long time ago when i first wanted to get involved with some financial stuff and and he he said um if you put your money in there leave it and I said, well, yeah. He says, no, no, leave it. He goes, my mother reads her, his mother, not yeah. mine, reads her quarter, quarterly statement or monthly statement. It was probably quarterly back then. And she freaks out every time the, you know, when bottom right-hand corner, it tells right. you what you got. Right. Right. And right. if it's less than the last one. Yes. You know, the world but it's sky is the falling, world yeah. sky is falling. And I just think you have to kind of write it out. I don't think you can panic and when people look at the market well the stock market went down 1127 points today the dow was down 790 uh you know and the nasdaq was up 650 yeah whatever you know that kind of stuff that doesn't mean a lot to most people yeah it affects them in the long run yeah but it doesn't mean a lot to them now so when i'm the, the point being is i think you just have to kind of you're in the business you're not getting out of the business you just have to keep going leanne and i are in our respective businesses we just have to keep going you know mm-hmm. you can't yeah, but if you're Dude, if you're chicken little thing, if you're losing, yeah, but in the in the in the stock market, you lose pennies. And the stock market is really about pennies compared to commodities market. Right. A commodities market is a highly leveraged market, which means that you don't really have any of the cash that you got leveraged floating around. You think you do, but it's not. No, there. it doesn't. It's not real. So when yeah. you get in, a, when what that means is, I can own a load of i can own a load of cattle on a futures board to offset costs and such for uh 10 cents on the dollar so when it slides when they slide a dollar or two dollars i could be in or out i could be underwater in a blink of an eye same goes with uh i i everything i do everything a cattleman does is borrowed money he he does a, a cattleman is land rich and cash poor and so he goes and he has his cows and he has his land and he goes to the banker and he borrows the money based on the calves he's going to produce for the year. He raises the calves for the year. He pays the banker back. And at the end of the year, he, if he if he hits zero and he'll hit zero one way or another, he'll either sell plenty of calves to hit zero and have a few extras to benefit himself or he'll sell a few extra cows to make sure he can get the yeah, banker yeah, paid off. Right. But that's uh-huh. the world we're in. And and if it doesn't if it doesn't. Uh, if if something slides there it's a it's a big it's a big event right it's a big deal and and we could get in a position where a hundred dollars a head is is a is a common occurrence you lose a hundred dollars a head and i kill 600 head a week that's a big number that goes out the door isn't something you just oh i'm going to go back to my bankroll because i'm a big banker i'm a leveraged individual i don't have big bankrolls to roll back on it's a margin call margin call in larger numbers yeah exactly (laughs) you know exactly exactly the the worst a the worst a um the worst a uh position in amazon can be a zero but the worst a position in in the futures market or in a commodity of any kind can be your whole your whole livelihood they got to come get it and collect it and take it back with them you know so it's a it's a big it's a big risk and a big adventure. It's a big deal. So 
you know, I don't know. It's a, it, it'll be, I was thinking about your, your, so we talk about our consumer, right? And we talk about the fact that Painted Hills natural beef right now creates 250,000 pounds of beef a week. And the average consumer's eating, still eating 52 pounds a week, I hope, or 52 pounds a year, I hope. And that's a pound a week, right? So I right. touch 250,000 people a week. What happens if the price in September or the run out of money and we're, and we're only touching 200,000 people a week? So yeah, but every week, every week, every week, well, that gotta, amount, that gotta, amount adds up. I got to yeah. cut back, right? I got to cut yeah. back. I got to be able to get, I got to be able to get it in the same number of people's mouths every week. And if it means I got to decrease the price to try and get it in their mouth, that's what I have to do. So that money, that lack of return rolls back to the beginning. I'm sure we've lost most of our listeners. I know. <laughs> yes. Here we go again. Well, yeah. Look at her. She's asleep. Let's go back in a, yeah, I know it. <laughs> Let's go back into real reality. Yeah. Briskets. Briskets have gone down in price. And so briskets are going to be more popular. We're going to be better for everybody's backyard because briskets have kind of cooled off. Good to know. So, Good to know. There you yeah. go. That'll yeah. make everybody happy as we close the day. Briskets. <laughs> and what did you rename Karis Majors? Petite tender or shoulder tender. Petite tender. Petite tender. Yep. Give your Give the consumers slash barbecue people your advice for the summer looking at beef my advice looking at beef well buy it i think yeah buy buy it it. that's right (laughs) exactly leanne told us how to buy it earlier with the color and all those things buy the fat all those deals buy what you like well homer coo of um painter nails natural beef over over yonder that way that way so this way no, that's not that way. Water that way, oh, okay. and you don't have any. Oh, okay. so um, and Leanne, thank you for putting up with us. Stick yes, around for you. after oh, hours. Absolutely. And uh, Dan, I hope you learned something what not to do in this interview. But anyway, we'll <laughs> I'm be sending back. him down next time. We'll we'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation uh, on all the platforms and the radio network. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.